This is a work of fiction. Written, narrated, and produced by me, Dennis Macareg. Please subscribe to my podcast and share it with friends. Finally, I arrive at my hotel. Because it's already past noon, there are no guests in the lobby. The front desk person checks me in and asks if I want a room facing the canal or courtyard. I consider what she said. The room with a canal view is nice but can get noisy with the motorboats and foot traffic. Wanting an uninterrupted sleep, one facing the courtyard is best. Laying on the bed and staring at the cracked white ceiling, suddenly Olivia's image encroaches into my thoughts. I'm kicking myself for clamming up and not being more assertive. Why didn't I ask if we could meet later on? Maybe she didn't mean to brush me off and the words that tumbled out of her mouth came out without a careful thought. Perhaps when she mentioned that she had to go, it was her way for me to get the message to ask her to get together later on. Now, I'm determined to look for her. If combing through the popular spots and crossing all the footbridges on this island in the next three days is what's needed to find her, then I'll do it. Besides, Olivia did mention that she'll be at St. Mark's Square in about two hours. But finding her there will be like looking for a needle in a haystack. Maybe by dumb luck, I'll find her among the swirling visitors who have come from all over the world. My eyes close in an effort to not think about it. Through the thin walls, Four Seasons by Vivaldi is playing at the end of the hallway. Exhaustion and sleep take over. The sound of kids laughing in the courtyard wake me. Glancing at my watch, I've been asleep for an hour. After a shower, then dressing in a new shirt and a new pair of jeans, I'm ready to leave my hotel. Meandering along the walkway of the canal, the fresh air blowing from the sea feels good. Looking up, yellow sign is pointing to St. Mark's Square. I'm wishing the same arrow would lead me directly to her. My quest to find her begins. Crossing a footbridge, I scan every face. Maybe she'll magically appear in the corner somewhere, sitting in the middle of a courtyard, waiting for me. She'll ask me where I've been when I approach. But that is not the case. Each person begins to look the same. For the first time since my trip from New York, I've never been in a place so crowded. The crowd numbers in the thousands dazes me, walking this way and that. What are they looking for? Not knowing what to do next, I continue on the path leading to the famous square. Almost immediately, I'm lost. 
Venice is one of those places where each pathway leads you to another. The buildings are built so insanely close to each other. If not for the canal separating them, probably they'd be joined at the hip. How do the Venetians maintain their sanity and their sense of privacy? Yet, there is intimacy on each turn, bringing out the magic of the city. Turning into an unfamiliar alleyway, I discover a small courtyard. Five young men and women are gathered around singing an Italian love song. The tall buildings amplify their melodic voices. Understanding the words is irrelevant. The passion in their voices is clear. I close my eyes and daydream to their song. Right away, my life's events, both regrettable and praiseworthy, enter my consciousness. It's strange that after a few minutes of listening to their a cappella, I feel at peace with myself. Some say part of Venice's charm is getting lost, but that is the last thing on my mind. It would be better to get lost with Olivia and discover new places with her. She is somewhere on this fish-shaped island, but where to turn? I wish we were holding hands as we walked through the maze-like streets. Then the absurdity of what I'm trying to do hits me, obsessing over someone from a chance meeting on a train. But isn't that the key ingredient when we reminisce about the past? About the one that got away? I pretend that she was just in my dreams while asleep on a train. A figment of my imagination. Olivia does not exist. Balconies jut over the water attached to the hundred-year-old buildings. A basket that is lowered down from the upper level to bring letters or packages hangs from a window. Once these buildings were palaces made of stone, but the bricks are now exposed by sections of plaster peeling off and the paints weathered from long lost time. A heavy door with a spy hole opens onto the canal. How many lovers have slipped through it over the years without being detected? I think of those families who once owned these buildings now empty and neglected by time. Where are they now? Rome, Milan, Naples, in places where there are more job opportunities. Besides, Venice is an expensive city to live in. A private water taxi with important looking passengers like rock stars in their designer jeans and sunglasses zooms past. Everyone looks as if they're running late for an important event. Supply boats are unloading crates of items from one dock while passenger boats are boarding tourists eager for a tour of the city. From a distance, construction cranes on barges are lifting bricks and concretes for a palazzo being repaired, saving it from being swallowed by the sea. The din of activities circling around me is non-stop. I'm 
dizzy from it all. Two old men who look like old friends are sitting on a bench talking. I don't understand what they're saying, but it's amusing to listen from a distance. For someone unfamiliar with a country, it could be misconstrued as an argument, but most likely, they're in a heated conversation about a subject they are passionate about. A man standing in front of the store waves at me to check out his items for sale. He flashes a smile and acts as if we were long-lost buddies who have accidentally met in a crowded market. The out-of-town visitors are everywhere. It becomes more difficult to orient myself. Turning down another narrow alley, I discover a small neighborhood. I feel as if I've been invited to someone else's private universe. Shirts and pants are hanging on clotheslines attached to the side of the buildings, swinging in the breeze while they dry in the sun. It gives meaning to airing out your laundry in public, even though they are clean. Though I'm a bit anxious about getting lost, I remind myself that this is a small island and open water will eventually appear. Please check out my latest novel, A Whisper to the Moon, at online retailers and at bookstores where it's available. Thank you for listening to the fourth episode of my podcast. So on this scene, Greg finally arrived at the hotel. The fact that the hotel I stayed was built in the 1700s, that's a long time. I imagine the ghost of this hotel, everything that happened, and the secrets that the walls knew. I was walking through the hallways. I was just thinking about, man, the people who own this place. Of course, this place was probably a residence of some aristocrat back in the days. My room was spacious, uh, typical Italian style, uh, with basic furnishings. Right away, I had to go sightseeing because I was burning daylight. I arrived in Venice around, uh, I believe it's already around 3 o'clock. And there's no time to uh, sit around. You go on vacation not to sleep in your hotel. Well, you sleep in your hotel at night when you're exhausted. But when there's daylight, there's places to go. So as soon as I get my uh, stuff settled in my room, I walked out and uh, started uh, exploring the city. One thing about travel is that you have to keep going and seeing places even if you're feeling tired because you never know when you'll be back. I remember crossing lots of footbridges and the number of people going here and there is just too much for the senses. It's like they're coming from everywhere. We're put in this washing machine and caught in an eddy of swirling water. Everywhere I look, there are tons of people flowing in and out of the alleys. I stood for a brief moment and watched everyone rushing from one corner to another and was just blown away with what they are trying to do. Where are they going? 
well, I asked myself, where am I going? When you're walking in Venice, the alleyways are confusing but exciting at the same time. It's one of those places where you kind of really want to get lost. There's a sense of discovery wherever you turn to a corner. Each courtyard has its own little personality, little store here and there, a pizzeria or something, you know. There's that feeling of arriving in a different world, per se. That's what makes this place amazing. And as you walk through this uncharted territory, you think of life in general, of the direction it's heading to. That's what happened to me when I was walking around Venice. There's a lot of contemplation that happened, you know, thinking about my life's direction, past, the future, the present moment, having a, a cup of coffee or or a cone of gelato. I'm, well, I'm like that anyway, and I'm sure many people are. We tend to reflect on the past and ponder what the future is going to be. I think that's one of the beauty that travel gives us when we are in that moment. We, we tend to, uh, to see everything in vivid colors per se. I noticed the balconies in Venice that are just so beautiful. They, they just sticks out and people will be sitting there drinking tea or just having conversation. They're not very common in Southern California. So again, this is something that is so different because this place is so compact. The balcony is one of those private areas for residents to enjoy the outdoors. If you're with someone walking around the city, it's really very easy to lose each other. So be very careful. On the scene where there are two men sitting at the table talking as if they're arguing, this happened when I was in Rome. I was sitting at a cafe and I heard a commotion. The drivers got out of their cars and began arguing back and forth to the point of shouting at each other. I thought they were going to punch each other or something. As minute passed, while waiting for the police to arrive, they eventually calmed down. One of the drivers actually offered a cigarette to the other driver. Next thing I know, they were shooting the breeze as if they were two pals at a park. They were like there for like, I don't know, 15 minutes or so. Finally, the police arrived, took the report uh, and I guess some pictures. Then everyone went on their way as if nothing happened. I also added the scene about the clothes drying outdoors. It's one of the things that are just so classic of Venice. It's such a small place and there are not a lot of open spaces. So the residents would dry their clothes on clotheslines attached between two buildings that crisscross the alleys. It's cute to see them. You're like in a movie set. Hopefully the clothes don't fly off and fall into the canal. <laughs> 